Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. Super excited to have not just any guest today, my first guest who also happens to be my oldest son. My oldest child. Yes. So, Turner, welcome. Let's go. I'm so excited to talk to you about discipleship. And um, because one of the things I've talked about in some of these episodes is the challenge that we have in that relational aspect when dealing with students on how do we disciple kids who really just live life so disconnected. So I'm just going to jump right in there and kind of have you kind of speak into that a little bit as a youth pastor. And what are you seeing today as far as what's necessary in discipleship, and what are some of your challenges? Yes. So, um, full disclosure, I'm, I'm actually a youth pastor, so... Oh, I, I did not say that. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I got all bound up with you being <laughs> my son. I forgot to <laughs> say... Helpful context for the audience. <laughs> forgot to say <laughs> um, as a youth pastor. Yeah, so I'm a youth pastor, and so we get kids from all sorts of backgrounds, kids that have cell phones, kids that don't have cell phones, kids that two-parent homes, that parents do discipleship, kids from homes with no parents where there's no discipleship right. done at all. So all different kinds of backgrounds. And um, I think just over and over, an important thing in student ministry, at least for me, is these kids, they don't they don't care how much I know until they know how much I care, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's such a huge piece, especially with students. When we talk about something like, I can give these students all the information in the world on mm-hmm. Wednesday night in a sermon, but if I don't show up to their basketball game, you understand yes, what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, what I say on Wednesday nights doesn't matter if I don't go to their basketball game on, on yeah. Friday night. So it's stuff like that, that get, that allows me to take the information that I give on a Wednesday night and begin to execute it, right? Like your book from information to execution, execution. Yeah. little things like that, like, Oh, Pastor Turner came to my basketball game, and next thing I know, oh, Pastor Turner's taking me for frozen yogurt. That's good. Next thing I know. So, you know, I can get up there and, and preach the walls off on a Wednesday night, and sometimes I'm like, it's, this doesn't even really matter. Like, my right. readers might enjoy it, and some of the students might, but that seventh grader whose parents going through a divorce, dude, they don't care what I know about the gift of prophecy. <laughs> like, they yeah. just want to know that I'm going to be there for them at their tennis match. That's good. And um, and so I feel like just, like, the first step of discipleship for student ministry for me is really just caring. And, and it's such a simple concept, right? It just, I really care about you. Yeah. And I really care about what you're going through. And, and I care about your family and and I want you to know that I care. And so I'm going to show up mm-hmm. for you so that when you're 25 years old and a millionaire, you'll give me some, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, you'll donate to, donate to crazy eight, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but that's like step one. Yeah. Right? I love it. And that's what I try and teach to my leaders too. Of like, like our small groups and all this stuff is great. And what, what I teach on Wednesday night, you know, I like to think they're great, but it's not discipleship. Like, let's just be honest. My sermons are not discipleship. Yeah. Our Bible studies are... So, I'm going to interrupt yeah, you because I do think that that is such an important piece that I have been hitting over and over again. And as much as I don't want to step on toes, I also want to step on toes because toe stepping is what changes us, right? Yeah. And I think um, 
we think discipleship really is about giving and receiving information and you're hitting the heart of that and you gave a message a couple of weeks ago that was something about um belong beloved behave did i get it in the right order yeah it's a beloved belong behave yes can you give a real because i think that really falls in line with what we're saying especially with dealing with students when you're discipling them yeah so like the behavior piece of students and i say this all the time on wednesday nights and i don't know if parents love me for it or hate me for it but I say it all the time, like, I'm not in the business of youth passion for behavior modification. Like, I'm not interested in in changing your behavior. We all have personalities. We all have behavior quirks. We all have feelings and stuff. I'm more interested in making sure that you know that when you're there on a Wednesday night that you feel loved. Like, Like, you feel when you're in that room, these leaders love me. My friends love me. My parents love me. This youth pastor loves me. It's be loved first. Jesus loves me. Most important. Secondly is belong. I want Wednesday nights to feel like a community, right? Like I want to be a big family. Last night in student ministry, or two nights ago student ministry, we had open Mm -hmm. mic night. We had students get up. We had a student get up on the stage. Dude, this was so cool. It's never happened for me. Student got up on that stage and said, I don't really think I believe in God. But I really like this. Like, oh, that's so good. And I'm, I'm sitting in there going, dude, yes, like yes. It, like, I, I love, love that. that he felt first of all the gall to get up there, but second of all that he felt like we were enough of a family. Yes. That he belonged. He he felt loved. He felt belong, like belonging there. Uh-huh. He might not be there with the belief behave part yet, but that's okay. Like he got up there and said. I don't think I believe in God yet, but this is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, so good. oh, that is awesome. And, um, it, you know, eventually we're going to get to that believe, behave piece. But first and foremost, I want you to know that you're loved and mm-hmm. that you belong here. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a, a, a mantra we try and hammer yeah. down. And I think that goes along with, uh, again, to, in some of the other episodes, I've talked about the importance of what it looks like as a the discipler, as the mentor, um, that I'm living a life that's worthy of invitation. And I myself have to be in love with the product. Yeah. And those students, they know if you're in love with the product. And, and I think sometimes we do, especially with students, them a disservice when we get in there, we start hammering them to evangelize, evangelize, evangelize before they have fallen in love with the product. Yeah. Because awesome. if I'm in love with the product, you don't have to teach me how to share about it. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't show or me up. Even better, not only are you in love with this product, but you're creating this product. Oh, that's good. And that's where our culture yeah. comes in is because this, this Gen Z generation, they're all creators. They're, every single one of them is, is a content creator. Mm-hmm. They're all, that's what they're all about. They want to be, they want to feel like they're doing stuff. They're in charge. They have, so now on Wednesday nights, everybody in there, they know I'm an authority. I'm the pastor. I'm steering the ship, right? right. But I tell the students all the time, dude, if you want Wednesday nights to look awesome, Make it awesome. (laughs) Like, it's literally that simple. It's a culture you create. Like, you, you know, the first thing I did when I came on staff at Calvary was I did all these surveys with all these students. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you, you know, what needs to change? What part of the culture did you like from the previous youth pastor? You know, we did all these things. And then we looked at everything they wanted it to be. 
And I just told them, it can be this. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want Wednesday nights to look like a youth conference, mm -hmm. it can be that. Mm -hmm. If you make it look That's that good. way. So, you know, when I literally, you know, sometimes I give the students too much control, but I'm, I'm cool with that. I let them just go, you know, yeah. you do the worship, you do, I mean, we've students mm -hmm. preach all the time, mm -hmm. you do the preaching, yeah. you do the, this stuff, and let me just mm -hmm. guide the ship, because when they're running it, then they come, mm -hmm. you know, and then the culture becomes cool, and now mm -hmm. their friends hear about it, oh, mm -hmm. what, you mean we can go lead worship Love somewhere, it. you Love know, it. so if, when, when you give them the culture and say, you create it, then they take ownership yeah. of it, and they start rocking it. We talked about in one of the episodes when Jesus says, come and follow me, how that comes from the Greek word akaluthio, which is where we get the name for an acolyte from. Oh, nice. Um, and the, so an acolyte is, you know, the, the altar boy that helps mm -hmm. priests. But if you break it down, the word akaluthio and that phrase follow me means to be in the same way with, to accompany me, and to assist me. Mm -hmm. But I broke all three of those down, the importance of being in the same way with and not just following me but your heart your mind your attitude comes into the same understanding which mm -hmm. is what jesus did with his disciples as right. he would explain things there was an internal shifting that was going on but then the accompanying but i when you were talking about the giving them that opportunity that's the assistance right where mm -hmm. jesus said to the disciples look i could feed the multitude Mm -hmm. But I know you can feed the multitude. You can also do this. <laughs> you can also do this. Yes. And what an amazing example you are setting for these kids on this is a part of discipleship. But tell me practically some of the mm -hmm. things you have had to overcome or that you feel like mm -hmm. leaders controlling people. What are some of the barriers or the things you have to overcome to allow students to take some leadership like that? Yeah, so... You know, I'm I'm a big believer that you can either have control or you can have growth. Ooh, that's good. But you can't have both at the same time. Okay, I want you to say that again. Yeah. So you can either have control or you can have growth, but you can't have them at the same time. That's good. That's so really good. a lot of my initial leader meetings at Calvary um, were surrounding the fact of, guys, we got to give up some control in this area. If we want to see growth mm -hmm. or we can, or we can control everything and put our kids into these boxes and mm -hmm. they'll live the same way. They'll all look the same. They'll mm -hmm. all, you know, worship the same. Every Wednesday will look the same. Yep. And that's what I'm trying to avoid. Right. Cause like I said, behavior modification, it ain't it for me. I'm not good at it. I don't, well, I don't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I want the students to have personality and I want them to have feelings and I want them to, you know, I want them to get angry sometimes. I want them because it's how we learn. It's how we process. And so it was hard some, for my leaders, especially at the beginning, to understand that we don't have to control everything that happens on a Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a good example of this is on Wednesdays, um, I'll, say, I'll say something along the lines of, um, we're going to let the Holy Spirit do whatever the Holy Spirit's going to do tonight. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to even like teach, right? Like we call these the movements. Right. So we have a special night called the movement where we do this and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do what he's going to do. I'm not going to teach. We're going to have some worship music going. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you to sit down and journal, journal. If you feel like the Holy Spirit is inviting you to speak in tongues and come speak in tongues. If you, 
I don't control what happens. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. is. It's, yeah. For for a pastor to go. Yeah. You know, in a room of ninety students. All right. You know, we're just going to see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm willing to to give up control in order to see growth in the students. That's you good. Know, I'm willing to just you know we're we're not going to control what happens. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit go. <laughs> you know, I just get hit. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. that was probably the biggest hurdle was that control piece of, um, we're not going to work, you know, we're going to take the hands off a little bit. Um, now there are students and they're sneaky, you know, (laughs) like, let's be honest, students are, they'll still be students at times, but that's, you know, time for, for me and maybe a leader or two to step in and just write the ship, right? Like, Hey, and, and what's easy for, about that is I know what the culture, I know what a healthy culture looks mm-hmm. like because the Bible tells us, right? I try and copy our culture based off what the kingdom of heaven looks like. So the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a, the, the kingdom of heaven is like righteousness, peace, joy, and a life with full of the Holy Spirit, right? So I know our Wednesday nights need to look like this because that's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And right. if what you're doing doesn't look like this, Let's try and just shift. Yeah. You know, hey, let's let's. What does righteousness look like here? What that's does good. peace look it's really like? Really good. Here? Um, and you know, that's just that's just a, a culture thing, mm-hmm. not even necessarily discipleship. Although it is a little bit discipleship. Yeah, it, it is. Because um, it's still showing them. Well, there's still and and that it, discipleship does include the informational piece. It's it just that it's that's just not step complete, one. right? <laughs> step yeah. one. So with that, let's look outside of Wednesday night. Because yes. you're a youth pastor seven days a week, mm-hmm. 24-7. So talk to us a little bit about some of the practicalities. Like, what does that look like? What's worked for you? What has not worked for you? Yes. So first of all, uh, in a youth ministry, of which is ballpark 100 students, mm-hmm. it is impossible for me to disciple 100 students. Just full stop. Yep. There's no way. So um, I personally have a group that's smaller of juniors and seniors. Like Jesus. Like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He had the multitudes that followed him, but he had 12. And then of those 12, he had three. So, you know, I have my big group. We do our we do our thing on Wednesday nights. But of that big group, I take my juniors and seniors. And dude, when I tell you the stuff we do, it it's a lot of leadership material, a lot of information. But then there's a lot of pieces to it that... I'm really intentional with, and what I mean by that is like I I'm filling out fasts with them, I'm going over their bank accounts with them, I'm talking with them about what a credit score looks like. You're doing Things, life with them. Exactly, exactly, and and that's where our my relationship with my juniors and seniors turns mm-hmm. from oh that's Pastor Turner on the pedestal to. Wow, this guy's actually like wants me to succeed and, and wants to be my friend and, and wants to help me get to where I want to get to in life. And it takes more than just like if those, you know, and the way that looks like is I do a small group once a week mm-hmm. on a on a Tuesday night um, with these kids. But then more than that, it's the breakfasts and the let's go to see if and I for worship nights and let's go to Rangers yes. games and and all that stuff. And the reason I enjoy doing that is that's how it was modeled for me uh, with my youth pastor. My youth pastor took me everywhere. And so that's what I'm always trying to do with students. I I never have a meal by myself 
except for uh, Thursday lunches. I won't eat mess up myself. Thursday lunch is always me and my wife. We always go to Torchies. But <laughs> other than Thursday lunch, I am always with a student or with parents or with a leader, someone. And uh, in the way that my schedule works, because I, I do student ministry, like, like mom said, 24-7, uh, 365. So the way my schedule works is, today is a great example of it. I had a 7.30 breakfast with the student. I had a 10 o'clock breakfast uh, or coffee meeting with one of my leaders. And in between there, I ran up to Burleson High School, signed a National Honor Society document for a student who needed it done today right now. Pastor Turner, can you please come up here to the high school? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, which leads me to another just little nugget is I always schedule room in my schedule for interruptions. Uh, because because yeah, with teenagers, yes, because their apathy is always going to be your emergency. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep. And so, but what I found is, is I just started scheduling room for the interruptions because like my favorite ministry moments of every day comes in those interruptions. It's good. It's so really good. I'm like, why, why would I let these interruptions overwhelm me when I could just schedule <laughs> like make time? I know I'm going to get interrupted. I know I'm going to walk out of this meeting with 15 texts and three missed phone calls. So I'm going to just schedule time to be interrupted. That's good. And that's a lot of wisdom right there. No, oh, well, I had to learn it by experience, <laughs> right? Because I would walk out of these meetings. I'd schedule my meetings back and back and back and back. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have no time. And then I'm late for every meeting. And I'm like, and then there goes mm -hmm. my whole day. So I just like, I'm going to get interrupted. That's okay. Like, I love that students feel like, yeah. like I had a student call me a couple months ago. Uh, she got in a car wreck. Calls me. I'm like, have you talked to your parents? Have you called the police? No, no. And I'm like, why are you calling me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> call your mom, you know? And I was like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. And hangs up, calls your parents. And I'm like, first of all, I love that you felt like you could call me, right? right. And just talk to me about something like that. Um, because I feel like, you know, the disciples probably did that with Jesus a lot. Like, Jesus, what do we, you know, didn't pick up the phone actually, but yeah. in a panic, you know, Jesus, what do we do this summer? Well, this summer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> And Jesus is like, what do you want me to do about this? You got to, you know, it's like, yeah, gosh. yeah. Um, so it's more about just like, they know that I care, right? Mm -hmm. Like it goes back to that piece of it is they don't, they don't necessarily care how much I know about the Bible mm -hmm. or about spiritual gifts or about this or that, or they just want to know that I care about mm -hmm. that. And, um, I think at the beginning of this, you brought up their, their connectedness and disconnectedness. Mm -hmm. And, and the, these kids have every information in the world available to them whenever they want it. You know, if they want to hear the most fire sermon, they can go look up Stephen Furtick on, on YouTube. Like, shout out for Stephen Furtick. Shout out Elevation. <laughs> so like they can do that if they want that. Right. But that's, that's not what they want. You know, what they really yeah. want is they want someone who cares about them. They want to be connected. They want to be connected. And, um, and discipleship is just a massive piece of that because the students that I connect with the most are the ones that I'm walking through those discipleship pieces with. The, mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's do our, our, your FAFSA. Like, let's do that together. Let's look at your credit score. Mm -hmm. 
let's apply for jobs together. I mean, I do that with some of my leaders. I did that with one of my leaders two days ago. I applied for jobs with him. To me, that's more discipleship than, Absolutely. than 100%. what I preach yes. on Wednesday night. Yes, yes. I, I have mentioned several times that often we think, okay, well, here's where you're at, and here's the truth or the scriptures and what it looks like, and I'm supposed to go out there and get you and bring you in over here. But discipleship is more like, okay, I see you over here. I see you in your hurt. I see you in just your regular daily activities. And I know how to bring the gospel to you in a way that's relevant right where you're at, mm -hmm. whether it's I struggle with cutting, I struggle with depression, I struggle with um, homosexuality, I struggle mm -hmm. with all the real life issues. Instead of saying, well, let's, you know, let's leave that homosexuality or all these things behind, because if we could, we would, right? Right. Um, so that's not helpful. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you're having to take the gospel and really make it relevant to some really difficult Mm -hmm. difficult situations. Yeah. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I, an exercise I like to do... And in a way that's not judgmental. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So... An exercise I like to do, and I'm super happy this pen is here because it's going to be perfect for this. Okay. So I like to, when I meet with the student for the first time, and I have no idea where they're at, right? Like, I don't know what they're struggling with, what they're dealing with. Um, I like to hold up like a pen or come at breakfast, there'll be a straw, right? <laughs> You're like, I want you to, to look at this, and on one end is just a heathen of all heathens. They murdered their cousin, and they're in prison for life, right? That's this end, and that's a zero. At this end is a 10, and that's Jesus, right? That's who we want to become, is like Jesus. Right. You put yourself on this spectrum somewhere, and you just tell me where you think you're at on this spectrum, zero through 10. Mm-hmm. You know, are you a two? Are you a seven? Are you a five? And I'll put myself on there for them too, right? Like I'll tell them, and here's where I think I'm at right now. Um, but I'll just tell them, and students, they're usually really good about being like, oh, okay, and they'll think about it. I think, I, I think I'm like a five. Like I think I, I've accepted Christ, I've been baptized, but like I still doubt sometimes or, okay, that's awesome. So my goal when a student tells me where they're at on this spectrum is to get them from a five to a six. That's it. That's good. I love that. that that's, that's, it's so simple, right? Mm -hmm. Or if they say they're at two, I want to get from a two to a three. So that way I'm, I'm meeting you wherever you're at. If you're a two, dude, that's awesome. I, I love that you're telling me that yep. you're a two. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to meet you there in your two. <laughs> And, and help you get to a three if you're willing to work with me on this and tell me what you know why do you think you're two and then they start talking about all the reasons oh well you know I have I've never you know prayed the prayer of salvation I've never been baptized I'm brand new to you know to this whole Christianity thing so I just feel brand new that's awesome that gives me somewhere to connect with them that's good when they I say that, that they're two it's just something practical right yeah and then, and then when they do go from a two to a three, we celebrate the mess out of it, right? Like yeah, when I'm with it's these good. Kids, so good. Like, dude, I think you just went up a, a whole number, <laughs> right? Now, are we ever all going to be tens here on earth? Probably not. You know, maybe like Billy Graham might be like a 9.5, but like we're all somewhere on this spectrum, mm -hmm. right? And so it also, that exercise humanizes me so that I'm not... I'm not Jesus, right? Like I'm, and I tell kids this all the time. They're like, you know, I had a parent the other day say, "Hey, can can you meet with my son? He's struggling with this, this, and this." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm happy to," but I'm not his savior. Like, just 
just a heads up, I'm not going to save your son, mm -hmm. but I'm happy to meet with them and at least, you know, have, I have this conversation with them, though, where, where you feel like you're yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it gives me something practical, and then when they tell me where they're at, it, it gives me some something to stand on to know mm -hmm. where to go with the discipleship. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what do you help at? So. I feel like that's some really, really practical advice. And looking, looking at it like from a, I'm looking at it from a counselor's perspective, from a brain health perspective, from a business perspective, where we're also, where we always say the number one predictor of overall success is self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, you're really cultivating the student, giving them a chance to stop, process, and become self-aware in a moment. Like, where would I put myself? Why would I put myself mm -hmm. on there? And where would I like to see myself? Yep. And then you know, we at Crazy Ministries, we say all the time, I say to my staff, especially if I feel like a staff is frustrated, discouraged, has a rough week, I'll say, what would make today a win for you? Yeah. Like, I want to make a win for you. Um, we say that to our residents. What would make this next week a win for you? Especially when we feel like they haven't been hitting their goals. Like, what do we need to do? Um, so the fact that you're like from that two to that three, that's a win. Because when, first of all, we're designed to win. Mm -hmm. Right? That's in mm -hmm. our design. We're designed to win. But when we win, there's an automatic intrinsic motivation to press into that yeah. and continue to move forward, which ultimately, really, that's, that's what we want to do is we want to, like, that we, that Jesus wanted the disciples to be intrinsically motivated to go and do and go and spread the gospel. Yep. And so I love that because, as you were saying, I was like, there's more than just a technique here. There's so many things at play happening in just that one little activity oh yeah and you can see too you can see the wheels turn in the students heads when they're like where am i at on there why am i there yeah how, how do, am i how do i get to a three from a two you know it's like and, and i'm like yes you I, I love this yeah because i can help you yes like this is this is something that's gonna allow yes. us to do this mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. I've probably never told you this, so it's interesting. That's one of the first questions that I ask every client that comes in. I say it's an on a scale from one to ten. Nice. One being I'm, you know, like <laughs> terrible, totally feel disconnected yeah. with God, don't even have a relationship. Ten being amazing. Where would you describe yourself? Why would you describe yourself that way? And for people who are hiring me, I say you're my customer. Mm -hmm. Tell me where you want me to help you get to. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to set steps together but I love that you said we're going to celebrate just mentally my only goal here as the mentor is just to move them a step because yep. the kingdom is not about perfection it's about progress right. yep. G, or Paul said or yeah Paul said not that I have already obtained all this but that I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me mm -hmm. I forgetting forgetting what is behind I'm straining towards what is ahead I'll only let me live up to what I've already attained in Christ Jesus. And so what he's doing in there is he's not celebrating perfection. Mm -hmm. He's celebrating that in Christ we have the right to press forward towards the perfection that we will get in glory, yep. right? Let's go. <laughs> but I think that's the beauty of like even though a man a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up and he walks again. And I tell people that verse is saying it's not saying that a righteous man never falls. Right. It is saying that a righteous man is one who has the right to get back up when you do fall. Yeah. And so that's that process. And so I love that you're teaching that to students. Yeah. So one last question. Yeah. If you were to give one just super simple tip, just mm -hmm. one thing that either youth pastors, even parents, 
maybe could change. And that's not going to be a whole other topic, like how do parents disciple? And maybe we'll come back and throw that in there. Sure. How do parents disciple, step parenting aside and just mm -hmm. disciple their kids? Mm -hmm. One simple tip. Something yeah. we can do. <clears throat> actionable. Yeah. So one thing that's actionable is, I mean, first of all, that scale is money. Like if you do that with your kids... You know, that'll open up just a whole realm of conversations. And they can break but, that down to topics like academically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relationally. Yeah. Uh, with your physical health. Whatever it is that they're working on with baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, where, so. Yep, absolutely. Um, but, you know, a helpful tip that I've picked up about specifically Gen Z, right? Like, they, like Mariah and Caden's generation, right? Mm -hmm. Is um, discipleship will take them places where the, uh, like motivation will get them to a certain point and then their motivation will run out and discipleship has to take them the rest of the way. That's good. So, you know, I have even some of my Gen Z leaders, they'll get fired up about something for like two weeks. And, and then there's We call this, it the sparkler culture. This is perfect. <laughs> sparkler they just, generation. They light up excited and then they go out just as fast yes. as they light up. Yep. So I tell my leaders that discipleship begins where motivation ends. Ooh, that's good. So that's really good. when their motivation runs out for whatever it is, whether it's, you know, I'm going to do amazing on the Instagram or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to study math really hard for like two weeks. Well, their motivation is going to run out for studying math really hard, right? That's where discipleship will help them take it to the next level. So because at, at the root of discipleship is discipline, right? And being disciplined in whatever it is that they're doing, you know, from, you know, sports is a great example of this, right? Like, do you think that I always wanted to go shoot a bunch of basketball shots and do a bunch of that stuff? Absolutely not. But when my motivation ran out, my discipline took over from there. That's good. Um, so that's something helpful for Gen Z years specifically. And you just said the sparkly generation. That's so perfect. It's what they are. They get motivated about something for a short amount of time, and then they're back to the... Discipleship will help you so much in taking over that piece of motivation and turning it into a habit and turning it into something that's going to help them for forever. And, you know, we see when students, like we just had a big conference this past weekend, students are all sorts of motivated about scripture and this and this, and which I love. I'm like, this is awesome. Um, but in three weeks, are we right back into the, uh, I feel depressed or I feel, right? When is this, when is, um, discipleship going to take over from that, mm -hmm. from that burst of motivation mm -hmm. that they get? That's really good. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that counsel. Anything else you want to add? You feel um, like just kind of stirring in your heart on discipleship. I think we've covered a lot. Um, we'll have to do a whole nother piece on on we'll do a second episode if you're okay. game. We can even probably just produce that here and put it a part of the series. Yeah. I think that's a whole other topic. I think it's a relevant topic. Yeah. Um, but if you um, have not gotten a copy of my book, Discipleship from Information to Execution, you can find that on my website. You don't want to miss the next episode. I'm also going to bring I'm bringing Kyler on. Nice. So as a disciple, awesome. so I have discipled her as a spiritual um, sibling of his. Mm -hmm. Uh, who was kind of raised up in our home as well. So that's been all yeah. kinds of fun. And she's one of my youth leaders, so no, we'll see if our like, language matches up a little bit. That'd yep. be fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. So, all right, you guys, until the next episode, remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.